Kevin. Hello, Mike. How you doing, buddy? Good. Good to be back with you and uh, our podcast, Music, Life, and Times. You know, um, I thought it would be interesting to talk about audiences, I think, you know, they're listening to the music, they're watching you, whatever, but they're not aware that sometimes, you know, we're human beings and we're not in ideal physical or mental condition <laughs> uh, 24 hours a day, every day. We play sometimes under different um, elements that, uh, that, that, that we have to fight through. Uh, for me, I, I, I've always been one of those people who gets nervous before I perform. And so uh, I have had to try to figure out, and it doesn't matter. I mean, this, I started doing this 50 years ago when I was starting to play, and I'm still to this day. And I think part of it now is I don't play that frequently. So uh, when I do play, you know, it's a couple of days building up to it and practicing and getting ready. And <clears throat> and then I'm, I'm nervous when, when I start. So, and that's not good. I don't know. Maybe it is, Mike. I, I don't really know a musician that I work with that doesn't get nervous when we go on stage. There's different levels of it. Um, I think music attracts a lot of introverted people. I mean, you spend so much time by yourself working on your craft um, that you, you do need to enjoy some level of solitude. And it, for me, being on stage behind a piano, it's a very safe place personally, but the audience is terrifying. <laughs> I, 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 think that, I think that's kind of true for everyone. If I could experience the same quality of music and growth, like getting better at it, understanding more, without ever performing, I think I would. But you can't, you know, the music just doesn't live without an audience, and so you have to, you have to be there. Yeah. Um, I, I've, I've talked to so many people about all of this, and some of the students I work with have, you know, stage fright or whatever. And there's, there's a, a long list of things that all kinds of people do. Some mm -hmm. can be pretty negative. That might be part of the element of, of substance abuse that's involved with some levels of musicianship is is a way of dealing with. Yep with that part but i um i find that having a little bit of nervousness and my routine to deal with it really elevates the music yeah. because you, you care mm -hmm. well yeah I, I i certainly agree with that i mean i think it's athletes have the same thing they uh they talk about uh well i remember there was an old goalie for the st louis blues who used to throw up for an hour before every game that was back before they even wore masks <laughs> So I can understand him being really, really nervous about going out there. I mean, I read I read a study somewhere <laughs> just just recently in the Chronicle of Higher Education about I don't know how, they were tying it into teaching, but they were specifically saying that the thing that people are most scared of is uh, is not flying <laughs> and not necessarily specifically failure or snakes or spiders or whatever, but it's public speaking. Mm -hmm. And if you think about when you have to get up and speak, I think most people are terrified of it. And and uh, the only thing I could think that might be harder than for me than having to play piano in, in front of people or teach a class, it would be if I had to sing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, for me, the thing I love most about music is playing for people. Mm -hmm. When I get out and I've got, you know, some really good musicians, as you know, who work with me and 
and boy, that's and the music is going good, and my voice feels good, yeah. and I'm hitting all the notes that I don't want to hit. Uh, I love that. However, uh, getting ready to do that is is um, is nerve wracking for me. Now, I will say uh, I'll tell you a little story. Uh, this was, uh, gosh, I guess it's been 10, 15 years now. I hadn't been playing much since I moved from New Orleans to Atlanta and got into the marketing business and the writing business, and I stopped playing out. And I hadn't played out for years. And uh, some somebody, uh, uh, a group of people down near Savannah uh, at a place called the Ford Plantation, beautiful, beautiful place, Anyway, this, they talked me into performing for them one night. The guy who put all this together, he was a physician. He said, you ready to go? I said, yeah, except I'm so nervous. He said, really? No problem. So he gave me a little pill. It's called propranolol. And I had never heard of it back then, but it is known as the stage fright drug. And apparently a lot of people use this. And what it does is it's sort of, it's a beta blocker. Uh, it's, it's prescribed for heart-related issues. But it can also relieve the physical symptoms of anxiety, such as shaking and sweating, which I was doing. Um, and, uh, you know, the, these, uh, these, these physical symptoms of anxiety, they can include Rapid heartbeat, sweating, feeling dizzy, shaky hands, or voice. Now, that last one <laughs> yeah, yeah, is yeah. what I was trying to avoid. But at any rate, uh, it took about 30 minutes. And you don't feel high. You don't feel low. I mean, you know, there's no um, change in your feeling about it. You know, it's not like you're getting buzzed or you're taken down or whatever. Yeah, I feel like we need, just Nancy, calms you. We need Nancy Reagan to come out here and say, just say no. <laughs> Yeah, and it's not habit forming. It's nothing. Oh. There's nothing bad about this. Uh, certain, it, certainly, certainly, this physician would not have have uh, given I, me this if if it was a problem. But I so I take it before about half an hour before I play, and I just feel calm. That's great. It, it works. I think people have all kinds of different relationships with this, of course, and triggers. For pianists, we talk about this. You know, we get together and talk about like when you're showing up to the venue, you don't know what kind of piano it is, if it's going to be good, if if it's got like really heavy, difficult action, you're 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 worried about that, then you can't play well, and then your nerves get worse. Or um, mm -hmm. <laughs> one time I was playing at, at Dizzy's Jazz Club up in New York, and um, we walked up on stage, and right before we first well went on to play the manager uh <laughs> really cool young man i like him very much he thought he was being nice he came and handed me a note we're just about to start right and i opened up the note and it says fred hirsch is sitting right behind you well fred hirsch is one of the most famous jazz band players <laughs> in the world and famously a little critical so I, i'm like i'm like man i would have even seen him the whole set <laughs> Another time I was playing in New York, we were playing the Jazz Standard with Renee Marie, and the audience was unusually talkative with their backstories, which never happens at like a, a regular jazz venue where people paying for a ticket to come here and play. And Renee tried everything she could to get them to stop talking, like playing real quiet, playing real loud, talking to them, asking them to be quiet. Nothing happens. So we, we finished that set, and we're kind of like, bomb, this doesn't happen. 
And we went for the second set. They're still there. But she gets on the microphone and she says, um, before we start, I just want to recognize two special guests who are here. I can't believe they're here. I'm so honored. Uh, I don't want to point them out, but I want to, I want to recognize them. Uh, Wynton Marcellus and Nancy Wilson are here. And I'm gonna, I just want them to know I'm going to do my best. I'm going to sing my heart out for you guys, even though you make me so nervous. And I'm going to do my best. And then we did the set. And the audience was real quiet. And the whole time, I'm nervous. Because like, I know Wynton. Um, and Nancy Wilson, one of the one of these people I've idolized. So I spent the first song saying to myself, Kevin, don't be nervous. Stop it. They're just people. Just play. But I probably spent the whole set having this debate with myself. So I, I didn't play badly, but I didn't play my best. And then afterwards, I asked Renee, so, hey, where, where were Winton and Nancy sitting? And she says, oh, they weren't here. I guess that made that up to shut the audience up. <laughs> so I, get that. I got nervous by two people who weren't even there. <laughs> you know, you know, Mike. When I work when I work with people who have nervousness when they go on, I think a lot of them take the intuitively will take the the approach that makes it worse, which is they just think if I just prepared enough, if I had enough stuff together, mm-hmm. if I just practice, 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 then. I won't be nervous. And I, that makes the nervousness way worse. Um, one of the best classes I ever took was a college teaching course down at FSU with his great educator, Cliff Madsen. And part of that class was he made it debates. You had to wear a suit. And uh, every class uh, day was not a lecture, but was students getting up and debating. And um, I got to debate once. And he says, oh, yeah, by the way, you're not doing the topic you were assigned. Here's a random topic for you. And the idea was I had to be able to present things with confidence, um, even if I wasn't prepared at all. You had to improvise. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm going to share something personal here just because I think it, I, I've told other students about it and help. It's, it's very idiosyncratic and, and very, very odd, I think. But, you know, I teach and then go play. And I find one of the hardest things for me has been to talk about music with students and where you're you're looking for um, things to be fixed and things to be improved. Like you're critically looking at the music to look at easy ways to make improvements. Mm-hmm. You know, not to tear someone down, but to find, you know, avenues for mm-hmm. improvement. And then to go play the exact same night, to turn off that critical thing was is very hard. To me, one of the hardest things to do is teach during the day and then go perform. Um, so I came up with a, biz- a bizarre little ritual for myself <laughs> that involved not so much the teaching, but my own practicing. Because when I practice, I'm, you know, they have this saying, if you sound good, you're not practicing. You know, the idea is you practice, you're trying to solve little things, and you're very critical of yourself. So I got in this habit of, of wearing a watch and keeping my wallet in my pocket and my car keys in my pocket anytime I'm practicing. I know this is neurotic, but <laughs> but when we go on stage, uh-huh. right, I had a ritual. I would take the watch off, take the wallet and keys out to like put myself in the, the mind-body state of what it feels like when I'm not thinking about those things. And uh, there's way too many videos of me on stage where we finish the whole thing. You see me trying to grab the watch and put it on <laughs> while we're about to take a bow or something. <laughs> This was so, so, became such a tradition for me that after I uh, got divorced, my, my wife and I had matching watches and it was just the right weight. Um, 
I kept wearing it for like an extra year because I didn't want to mess this little thing up. <laughs> Your ritual. And then finally, I exchanged, I found another watch that weighed the same, and I switched to it. And now I don't I don't wear a watch at all anymore because who does? Yeah. But uh, <laughs> you, I'm glad I weaned myself off of that. Yeah. What's the most nervous you've ever been? Well, you know, uh, let me t- a little counterpoint to that is is the most relaxed I've ever been. Oh, good. Is playing in front of twenty something thousand people. Like they, it's. I think the most nervous I've been is playing for my mother, father, and, oh, and cousins. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> But, but this huge audience that we played in front of, this was Joe Kane Day in Mobile, Alabama, God, 30 years ago. Huge audience, people everywhere. I felt so relaxed <laughs> because I guess the anonymity of it all. There's, there's not one yeah, I'm on the same there. page with you on this. It's so much easier to play for 20,000 complete strangers than it is for, to play for... Um, Ten of your family, or or one of your family. Uh, the most nervous I've ever been. I, when I was a student in Jacksonville, Florida. They have a, a pretty big piano comp, jazz piano competition there at the Jacksonville Jazz Festival, and um, I I made the finals of it, and it was a big deal because I was the one from Jacksonville. Um, the only other person from Jacksonville who had ever made it was this really famous guy, Marcus Roberts, who was in it the first year of the competition. Um, and he beat Harry Kai Jr. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well. so every person on the planet I knew came to see this thing. Yeah. And I was just praying to get to the end without throwing up. And my <laughs> my dear mentor, Von Barlow, he, uh, he intuited that I would be this nervous and met me backstage and set me down and and helped me meditate and my goal was just get to the end and not i didn't want to throw up on yeah. stage is how it was you know and mainly because everyone i knew was there but like you said it's easier with with mm-hmm. crowds of strangers right? how did you do oh i lost <laughs> I never oh, knew oh, you to lose it. Oh my gosh, the other pianists were all so amazing. The one who won is, a, she's actually a friend of mine, and she took over my job at the University of North Florida when I quit there. Her name is Lynn Ariel, and she is just an amazing musician, and she absolutely deserved to be at the top of this other pianist who's super famous, this guy named Bill Charlap. He took second place. You know, it's one of these things where, um, I think I think it's... Um, Prokofiev said that competitions are for horses, <laughs> which I'm sure if you go back 100 years, that makes more sense. But, you know, yeah. both of them, Lynn Ariel and um, and Bill Charlotte are, are amazing musicians. On any given day, one of them could won. Or Michael Orta was a pianist there, and this other guy, Chip Crawford, both amazing. So I was just honored to be on stage with these guys. You know, uh, you mentioned trying to get through the set without throwing up. Uh, which it takes me to another aspect of conditions that that you have to get through every once in a while. That and you don't you don't want your audience to be distracted by you know if you have a, a terrible headache or a bad hangover or if you're just sick if you're ill. And the thing about uh, being a musician and performing, you have to show up. I mean, you know, you can't just not. You can't call in sick. <laughs> you no. go. <laughs> yeah, you gotta go. You go and do it. So uh, 
I can remember sometimes when I was feeling really bad and, and trying to play. And somehow or another, I felt I got the feeling better. I mean, there's some sort of like a relaxation came over me and I got the feeling better uh, while playing. Yeah, if I'm really sick, especially with a migraine, because I've had those my whole time, I play really well, better than I ever deserve. And I'm feeling okay, except for the spaces between the songs. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, come on, let's just do another. Um, you know, that competition I lost. Um, the next year I won uh, a important one the American Pianist Association, American Jazz Piano Competition. And again, I was probably the weakest pianist. I'm not being humble about this. Some of those people have gone on to do just amazing things. But the reason I won was because of the trauma of that first one, right? Now, this was in Indianapolis, and it was a three-, four-day affair with, you know, semifinals and all these different things. And when we got to the last day where I'm going to do a trio concert, um, I had like a, a three-hour rehearsal with the bass player and drummer. And I remember I showed up and we we just played one little song, you know, just to warm up. And afterwards, I said, man, you guys sound great. Let's just, uh, let's go have lunch instead. And we'll just play on stage. And they looked at me and they said, wow, that's awesome. Okay. <laughs> and so I just didn't try hard. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I just let the music be. And I was the only one who played a blues. I was the only one who played a ballad. And this wasn't strategy in terms of like trying to win. This was like, I just want to survive this. Um, yeah. My wife had applied for me. I, I would not have applied. I yeah. was so like, I don't want to do competitions. <laughs> you know. And I think the reason I won is I just got up and just played. And I was less nervous because I was just like, oh, it'd be nice if I wasn't fifth place, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so when I won, I was completely surprised. Right. Um, it's it's one of these odd relationships mm-hmm. about about being nervous and not being nervous, and how much your actual prepar- preparation is not necessarily the thing that affects whether you're nervous or not. It's really just your mindset. And Kevin, I think that is a great way to end this episode. I think you just uh, voiced the lesson learned. Oh, great.